Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Speaking of health, uh, we got another crisis in healthcare. I don't know if this one's as bad as the other ones. It's certainly an inconvenience. You've probably seen the stories. Um, AHS apologizing for some incredibly long wait times that people have been facing when they went to labs for testing recently. Uh, it's all a result of last month, the province announced that lab services in large urban centers, so we're talking about places like Grand Prairie, Red Deer, Edmonton, Calgary, some of the bigger cities, um, would see lab services move from move to Dynalife. It had been done by a group called Alberta Precision Laboratories, and uh, as a result, people are reporting wait times of, you know, a couple hours, at least in some cases, especially in Calgary. AHS says the system experienced some network disruptions causing longer than average wait times, but they say, um, you know, as staff and as users get used to the new way of doing things and the new system, everything will work out and the end wait times will come down. So we shall see. But it's just the latest example on a long, long list of examples of issues with healthcare, not only in Alberta, but in Canada. And everyone seems to agree. Healthcare in Canada is in really, really rough shape. That's the easy part. There's no disputing that. The hard part, though, is coming up with a plan to fix it. That seems to be where the debate comes in. And the delegation, right? Because you got the provinces, they've all come together, they're united in calling on Ottawa to step up with more money. Feds say, okay, we can do that, but more money isn't the answer. We need to come up with a plan to make things better, not just spend more money on it. In the meantime, it's you and I. We struggle to find a family doc. Hospitals deal with absolutely crippling demand amid all kinds of illness and shortages in personnel. We know it's not good. We know there are some major problems. So what is the solution? We're going to talk with Dr. Catherine Smart, the past president of the Canadian Medical Association and a pediatrician in Whitehorse. Uh, Dr. Smart, thanks so much for being here. I appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so let's start with the easy part, and that's the part that we all seem to agree on. Right now, everyone everyone will say, oh yeah, we've got some problems with our system. It's just, I Call it a crisis, call it what you want, but we definitely have some issues. That's fair, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's no debate that right now the healthcare system is not meeting the needs of Canadians. And as you said, it's not only in Alberta, it's across the country. That is a fact. So when we talk about what people are saying we need to do to make things better, the provinces, as I said, they all came together and, and, and their unanimous uh, uh, plan is we need more money. So they've gone to the feds. And you know what? They have a point. When, when, when healthcare started in this country, it was a 50-50 split. Now it's about 25% from the feds. They're saying we want to see it go back to 35%. So is money, into your thinking, is money at least part of the solution here? Is that a requirement? Well, I think what, you know, I think there's several aspects to that. It's, it's, complicated, right? The provinces are talking about direct transfers, the federal governments are talking about tax credits, so even the percentage amount is different depending on whose analysis you look at. I think what you what, what you also need to think about, or we need to think about as citizens, is what are we getting for the money we're spending? Um, and when we compare ourselves to other similar countries, you know, we're spending a lot more money on healthcare and we have one of the lowest performing healthcare systems. So the only healthcare yeah. system worse than ours is the United States. Uh, everywhere else is doing better than us and they're spending similar dollars or in 
some cases, less dollars. So I think that's important, right? More money, yes, could we do more things for sure. But I do think there's that fundamental question of if we don't modernize and transform our system to meet the needs of Canadians today, we just keep spending more money and we're not getting better outcomes for people. And I think what people want is they want accessible, high-quality care that's available to them when they need it. And right now, that's not what's happening. And more dollars alone isn't going to solve that. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. So glad to hear you say that. That that makes perfect sense to me. And that's what the feds are saying. You know what? We have more money. We can spend more money. We're not saying we won't, but that's not the answer. We need to come up with a way of, they call it reforming the system instead of just throwing money at it. What, what would that reform look like? Like you say, there's some things we can do to make it different, make it work better. What, where would you start? Yeah, that's such an important question. And of course, there's many, many things. But I, I think where I would start is I would look at, you know, where are the biggest pain points in the system? And, and where, is, where is there the most value for Canadians in terms of what could be changed? So for sure, access to primary care is a huge issue. We know one in five Canadians do not have a primary care provider. That's the front door to the system. That's the person who's going to monitor your health with you, make sure that, you know, kind of champion your care, make sure you're getting what you need. And right now, many people can't access that. I mean, we've literally got people taking out ads in the newspaper to get their loved ones medications refilled i mean yeah. this is entirely unacceptable so we need to really understand what's going on there and, and what we know is we don't have enough physicians for the population our population is getting older people have more complexity people are surviving longer uh, you know medicine's gotten much more sophisticated so an individual physician cannot care for the same volume of patients they did in the past so we need teams right physicians need to be working with other healthcare professionals so that they can provide care to more people. That's the only way we're going to get every Canadian a medical home. We've been talking about that for a long time. It's been actioned in some places. Alberta has some family health team models Mm -hmm. that are working well. So we need to take those things that we know work and we need to scale them and we need to make sure that that's what we're doing across the board. So that's one example. The other place, of course, there's major pain points are are hospital resources. We have one of the lowest number of hospital beds per capita of OECD countries. And what we've seen, of course, throughout the pandemic and now is that we're just on that knife's edge all the time of what we can manage. And, you know, right now, of course, it's been in children's hospitals boom, surge in demand, suddenly we cannot meet that need anymore because we have no ability to flex our system because it's constantly on the edge of capacity. So we need to be looking at that, right? What are the needs in hospitals? How do we create enough redundancy there that we can flex for different times a year to make sure that people are getting timely access to care? On the adult side of the system, we have a lot of people in the hospital that don't need to be in the hospital because of a lack of ability to care for people in the community. So if we don't solve for that, that problem's only going to get worse 
worse because Canadians are only getting older and they're only living longer. So if we're going to warehouse people in our hospitals, our hospitals aren't going to be able to do what they need to do. On the children's side of the, side of the system, you know, pediatric health care has been underfunded and under-resourced for a long time, but it's not keeping up with the growing population of children. And again, we've got more kids with complexity these days because we can do more for people, which is amazing. But then we need to be resourcing that side of our system to make sure that kids are getting the care that they need. So it's really like stepping back and looking at what's going on in the population, what are the needs, how do we project for that, and make sure that we're planning in the system in that regard. And then the third piece of it that's really important is that human health resource resource, right? There's no healthcare without the healthcare professionals that care for patients. And we're not optimizing there either. We know we have a lot of foreign trained healthcare professionals that live that immigrated to Canada, with the understanding they would work in healthcare, but there's not then the licensing pathways or the regulatory pathways to get them into the system. That's a problem that needs to be solved. That's a low hanging fruit. We've got Canadians that have trained abroad, you know, in the UK or in Australia, who can't then come back into our system and get the training that's needed to be licensed to live and work here as a healthcare professional. I mean, this is this is crazy. This is resources that are being wasted. We don't have the planning at the med school, nursing school level to put that projection over, you know, 10 to 15 years in terms of the numbers that are needed. So we need to be getting back to the beginning and looking at what is, what do we need? And are we training enough people? You know, there's, that's not happening either. And, and that's, I think, why you're also hearing the federal government talk a lot about data. Because a lot of these things we're talking about, right, mean we need the data to be monitoring what we're doing, to be like analyzing where we're at and planning for the future. And we're not doing any of that. And that's partly why we find ourselves where we are today. When we take a look at that, I mean, it, it just seems like taking the resources we have and expanding them as best we can. We know that's a process, though. But some of the things you're talking about are a better use of them. And one of the things I was interested in, I didn't realize this, but a lot of doctors surveyed by your organization say they're wasting way too much time on paperwork that they don't have them. If we're talking about our frontline workers, family docs, ER docs, things like that, uh, we need them on the front lines actually doing healthcare, not paperwork. Is there not a way that that could be a quick fix? Oh, absolutely. And that is a huge issue. And as you said, you know, when you talk to people that have an office-based practice, most of them are spending another 10 to 12 hours yeah. a week just on paperwork, right? That's incredible when you think about it. That's more than a full day of work just doing paperwork. And I can tell you that certainly my experience as a pediatrician, some of that is, you know, poor quality electronic medical records that have come in, you know, there's absolutely some advantages to them, but they're cumbersome, they don't work well, and they've been shown to increase the amount of time people spend doing administration. There's also just the rising burden of forms, insurance forms, various forms that people need for things, things like sick notes, I mean, just crazy things that people are spending their time doing that aren't helpful. You know, all the most major hospitals have, have implemented electronic medical records and sometimes they work well, but sometimes they don't. And you'll hear stories, you know, of someone, they press the wrong button and it's three hours of their time to undo whatever happened to try to get the right thing for Ugh. that patient. I mean, it's ridiculous. So of course that's leading to huge burnout because what we want to do is we want to be talking to patients. We want to be caring for patients. We don't want to be typing on computer screens, working out these glitches. Um, and this is, I think, again, why we need to bring different people into the system to be supporting physicians and other healthcare professionals around some of this administrative piece so that we can be doing what we're trained to do, which is care for people. Um, but right now, that's not what's happening. And a lot of that administrative burden is downloaded onto the healthcare professionals themselves. Um, and that's a waste of our time. And it's not low value for patients. Um, and it's, it's not really adding capacity in the system. 
What you're talking about, and, this, uh, and I'll let you go after this, but this is part of my concern around this, is the fact that we know there's a real shortage. We need more bodies. We need more human resources. And, and, and the things that you're talking about, and you mentioned burnout, and there's a very high rate of that. More than 50% uh, of the, the physicians that your group surveyed said, they, yeah, they're experiencing burnout, and a bunch are leaving. We need to maintain what we have. We can't, we can't afford to be losing them. So how big of an issue is supporting what we do have rather than seeing them say, I can't do this anymore? Oh, it's a fundamental issue because you're absolutely right. You know, for hemorrhaging people out the one side, adding more people to yeah. the front of the line isn't going to be helpful, right? And and we need those experienced senior people to mentor that next generation of healthcare professionals. So the losses are substantial when, you know, when you look across the system. So no, I think addressing burnout is huge. We need to understand that burnout is a systems issue. It's not an individual resiliency issue. It comes from working in a system that's not functioning well. So if we don't solve for this problem, the cost of it is literally, and it's been estimated, it's in the millions or billions of dollars what burnout does to a healthcare system. So we need to get serious about this as a systems issue. Again, we know what the issues are. Right, um, right. We have ideas about how to solve them. It's not that, you know, people are going, oh, we have no idea what to do. We know what to do. But what we need is our politicians to get beyond the political rhetoric and the finger pointing to get to the table with those of us in the system who have the solutions and to start to, you know, work collaboratively with a longer term lens. You know, we have to get through our political cycles as well, because you're not going to transform something as complex as the healthcare system sure. in a political cycle. So let's like get down to brass tacks here and think to ourselves, what do Canadians want? Canadians want a healthcare system that's there for them when they need it. It's that simple. Right now, that's not what's happening. We have solutions, but it's going to take work and it's going to take a new way of thinking and it's going to take getting beyond politics to get there. But I think that's what Canadians expect. Um, and I think clearly it's what Canadians deserve. Yeah, it, like you say, it's going to take political courage is what it's going to take. I mean, it's just, someone has to step up and just say, this is what needs to be done. That's right. And leadership, right? Yeah, Courageous yeah. leadership to, to do things differently. Um, but I, I think that the time is, is now. Yeah, I, I, it's probably time was probably a few years ago, if not earlier. Yeah, but, but absolutely. Yeah, n- better late than never. Um, Dr. Smart, thanks so much for being with us today. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. That is Dr. Catherine Smart, past president of the Canadian Medical Association. She's also a pediatrician in Whitehorse, so she's working on the front lines too.